I'd like to welcome my listeners to the Truth Sayer Report, hosted by Jeffrey Hawkins. The global mission of the podcast, the Truth Sayer Report, is to explore and examine historical events and how they shape current events and, most importantly, our lives. Episode 3, Life's Hard and Not Fair, The Story of Haiti. History has reminded us that Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Let's examine its story. The island's original name is Haiti, and its residents were the Taino Indians, later referred to as the natives and or the indigenous people. The true story begins when Christopher Columbus first voyaged in 1492, attempting to find a shorter route to India and China. He discovers and lands on the eastern part of the island and immediately claims it for Spain. The Kingdom of Spain names the territory La Española, the Spanish island, and views the island as a potential treasure. They envision sugar and coffee plantations as a means of great profit. Now, all they need is a labor force. The Taino queen refuses slavery and chooses to fight. The Spanish hang the queen as a means to force the tribe into slavery. However, Spain is never able to realize its great profit. Soon, the French claim the western part of the island and name it Saint Domingo. Quickly, the French import African slaves to build and work their sugarcane, their coffee, and their cotton plantations. For over the next hundred years, St. Domingo establishes itself as the highest revenue-generating colony of France and the world. During this period, it supplies 60% of France's and England's sugar, as well as 40% of their coffee. St. Domingo consists of three groups of people, the French, the African slaves, and a new classification of human beings, the free people of color, a.k.a. the mulattoes. Interestingly, in both languages, Portuguese and Spanish, mulatto means mixture of African and European or black and white. Certainly, no one then would be aware this union or term would become an issue which has affected every country in the Western Hemisphere. More importantly, it is still an issue today. The free people of color, the mulattoes, enjoy freedoms and privileges such as land and property ownership as well as freedom of movement. In 1802, the strongest of all the revolts began led by Jean-Jacques Delanaise. With decisive victories all around St. Domingo's, the French leader Napoleon Bonaparte is in need of money to support additional troops. In 1803, he offers and consummates the Louisiana Purchase with the United States of America. The United States of America pays $15 million and the territory doubles the size of the country. In 1804, when it becomes apparent that France will lose the revolution. Napoleon calls all the French troops back to France 
and sends word to the remaining French and free people of color to flee to the once French territory of Louisiana in North America. The African slaves win the revolution and rename the island to its original name of Haiti. They create a new festival called Mardi Gras to celebrate their victory and independence. Interestingly, Haiti becomes the second nation in the Western Hemisphere to win its independence from its European colonizers. Ironically, the United States of America is first. Moreover, they take over the entire island by defeating the remaining Spaniards. They refer to themselves as Haitian Creoles. Now, they seek to form a government and build a military. Of course, they need money. So, they send word to the United States President, Thomas Jefferson, of their independence and their wish to establish trade. They offer items such as sugar, coffee, and cotton. Immediately, President Jefferson refuses to recognize their sovereignty and rejects their offer of trade relations. France and the United States are allies. But the main reason for Jefferson's refusal is that he fears if the African slaves in the United States of America hear of the African slaves tribe in Haiti, the result could be an organized revolt in America. At this point in American history is where the free people of color, the mulattoes, who had fled to the United States, began to distance themselves from their Haitian origins. They dropped the title of Haitian and amplified the term Creole. They simply fear slavery. Next, the struggle begins for Haiti. France, the United States, Spain, and England all refuse to trade with Haiti. The Haitians have no means to generate revenue to fund the government or military. Poverty begins their future. Now, France, with the support of English ships and the approval of the United States of America, put forth a naval blockade and mandate reparations from the Haitians. Remember, France, the United States, Spain, and England are deeply immersed in colonization and slavery. The message must be sent that any colony who revolts will only know poverty and devastation. France has lost the highest revenue-generating colony in all the world, as well as the loss of 60,000 citizens. Over the next several decades, Haiti is forced to pay what is to believe to be the sum of $1 billion in reparations. Next, the Spanish convince the remaining Taínos to join them in a revolution against the Haitians. Haiti is a poor and weak country with no military. The revolution is quickly won by the Spanish. They take five-eighths of the island and create a new country. They name it the Dominican Republic. When the people of Haiti think it can't get worse, it does. In 1915, the United States invades the country and occupies until 1934. They rob the country of any deemed valuable minerals or material goods. Even after the United States leaves, they and France continue to manipulate Haiti.
1937, the president of the Dominican Republic, Rafael Chichulu, wants the Dominican Republic to be seen as a European nation and to become the Caribbean vacation destination and playground for the European rich. So he orders the massacre of all Haitians living in the Dominican Republic and what became to be known as the Parsley Massacre. It is estimated that up to 30,000 Haitians were killed. The method of butchery was the use of machetes and clubs where many were driven into the sea to drown or to be eaten by sharks. Haiti is in shambles and after several weak presidents failed in leadership in 1956 with the support of France and the United States, Francois Papadoc Duvalier becomes the president. For the next 30 years, he and his son, Jean-Claude Baby Doc Duvalier, will rule the country with an iron fist. Papa Doc Duvalier takes a chapter from the world's most notorious dictator's playbook and creates a secret police known as the Tom Tom Makuas, aka the Voodoo Monster. They enforce their rule of terror by employing tactics such as intimidations, beatings, rapes, and political murders. It is estimated that up to 30,000 citizens were killed during the Duvalier regime. Sadly, Haiti has suffered tremendously due to a number of reasons, but the 30-year reign of the Duvaliers has proven to be the most stable in the country's history. A lingering issue for Haiti, which dates back to the period of colonization and slavery, is the mulatto. The separate and unequal treatment of slaves and free people of color planted the seeds of resentment and discourse for the people of Haiti. Even though Haiti's original leaders, such as Troussant Levateur and Dessalines, were mostly mulattoes, they never respected nor saw their darker-skinned compatriots as equals. As Haiti attempted to develop as a country, greater access and economic opportunities were always afforded to the mulatto citizens. The continued discord caused Haiti to remain weak. A house divided will not stand. Papa Doc Duvalier's rise to power was fueled by his pull and his promise to the Haitian people that the darker skin would finally receive equality in his presidency. A significant factor in the demise of Jean-Claude Baby Doc Duvalier's reign was his marriage to a mulatto, Michelle. She forced her mother-in-law out of the royal palace because of their disputes about skin color. She infuriated the Haitian people when it was discovered she had a room customized in the palace with mirrors and kept at a temperature of 40 degrees year-round in order that she could wear her estimated amount of 30 mink, fur coats, jackets, and of course, matching hats. The Duvaliers were forced out and exiled. Not surprisingly, they were welcomed in France. The issue of the mulatto, and now the more politically correct terms, 
mixed race, and or biracial have persisted to this day. Obviously, in the United States, slavery created similar issues which have not been resolved. But now we are learning of this monster in the Hispanic countries and communities. Our neighbor to the south, Mexico, has attempted to keep it under the rug. Unfortunately, skin color is a major issue there as well. Ironically, Mexico's greatest general and president, Vicente Guerrero, who led the Mexican Revolution and victory to independence from Spain, was a mulatto. To this day, the United States will not accept Haitian refugees. It's both people. The policy is that they are fleeing economic circumstances, not political ones. However, the policy is different for Cuban refugees. Unfortunately, before and after the Duvaliers, Haiti remains in poverty, devastation, economic, and political turmoil. Again, foreign entities and interests keep the country in a state of perpetual sadness. Let's turn to the gifts Haiti has given to the world. The festival of Mardi Gras is pageantry, is colorfulness, is joy. Her dishes, gumbo, etouffee, bitnaise, jambalaya, the list goes on. But most of all, her spirit and determination to reach her rightful place as a wealthy nation. Well, in the final analysis, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. But now, you know why. Thank you for listening to the True Sale Report. Life's hard and it's not fair. The story of Haiti. Hosted by Jeffrey Hawkins. I'd like to end my podcast with a quote by a great American poet, Maya Angelou. When a person shows you who they are, believe them. Speak to you soon.